This is why we have the best fans in the world. Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. And this is our 164th episode of Talk Direction. And today we are doing a song discussion on Zayn's song, Good Years. And I'm excited about that. Are you excited, Caitlin? I am excited. Good. I feel like <laughs> this is like our fir- first foray into like a Zayn song discussion on his new album. I mean, it is our first foray into it. So, Yeah, it's weird because we've talked so much about it, but we haven't actually done like a thorough song discussion yet. Yeah. And we've had it for over a month now. It's just that our like album discussion came like multiple weeks after the album was released because it was the holidays. So Yeah. <laughs> Finally, we're getting around to a song discussion. Yeah. How have you been? Um, stressed. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. wait until I can, can like, have positive things to share on the podcast where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like, I have a job and it's been good. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, how have you been? I have also been stressed. <laughs> yeah. It's been a really rough week for me. Um, but I'm going on vacation tomorrow to visit one of my best friends. So that's awesome. That's the bright side. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So um, we don't really have any news today um, because the boys have been doing a lot of like random things. Like there's a lot of pictures of them being posted and like tweet, like Twitter um, activity and stuff, but nothing like super noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're pretty much going to just jump into the main discussion. But before we get to that, We do have a Patreon that we want to make sure you know about, and you can find it at patreon.com slash talkdirection, and we're doing, um, we do Talk Direction download over there, which is an extra 30 minutes, um, an extra 30 minute episode, Um, and we also do uh, Fanfic Book Club, which is new and very exciting, Um, and on our last Talk Direction download episode, we talked all about um, our hopes and dreams for Louis's tour, um, his hypothetical upcoming tour. <laughs> and this episode, we're going to talk about um, Zane's Satisfaction music video, which is epic and beautiful. Um, so I'm excited to dive into that. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. See, we have a, a script that we follow <laughs> for these intros. <laughs> and usually on the script, there's like a little bullet point for like how are you doing this week but there wasn't one I made this doc so it's my fault but I wanted to ask you how you were because I felt weird not doing it but then I like got off the script (laughs) so I feel like I just did all that intro it really is I feel like that was very discombobulated but uh (laughs) most of our intros are though yeah all right so getting into the main discussion Good Years. This was released as a single on December 6th, and the album came out December 14th. The album, of course, Icarus Falls. 
And Goodyear's is track 21 on Icarus Falls, or if you have the CD, which I do, it's track 8 on Falls. That's like how I know them now because I listen to the CD a lot. Mm, interesting. It's really interesting, yeah, because I'm like, oh, yeah, track 8. And I'm like, oh, no, it's 21. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this song was written by um, Make You Know Love, M-Y-K-L, which is Michael and Anthony Hannity's, um, Khaled Roheim, Zane, and Herbie Critchlow. And it was produced by MYKL and Khaled Roheim. And um, this song was registered on ASCAP back in April of 2018, (laughs) um, along with Fresh Air and Common. And all three of those songs were written with Herbie Critchlow. Um, So I just thought that was interesting to mention. Um, Mm. Yeah. So what, what are your, like, initial thoughts, like first impressions of this song when you heard it Kaylin um well we got this one before the album came out yeah it Um, came out on the single came out December 6th yeah so I feel like this was like a big moment because we were like oh my god a Zayn song like his album's gonna be coming out um and was this like the first one that we got like since we knew that about his album that's a good question. <laughs> Unclear, <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like it was one of the first, the first ones. one, or it was like the second one. Yeah. Oh, because Rainberry happened. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Rainberry album announcement then Goodyear's. Yeah. Well, this was a moment anyway because there was lots to talk about in terms of like the One Direction fandom. Mm-hmm. People were speculating what the song was about. Um, I guess my, like, immediate reaction when listening to it was that it's just, like, a a very, like, I don't know, painful, emotional song that, like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us can relate to and um, made us, like, feel deeply for Zayn, too, because, you know, we can be like, oh, I could, I might understand where he's coming from or, like, what this is about. Um, And I just thought it was really beautiful, like, a really beautiful, slow song. Um, Mm -hmm. That really shows off his voice and just, like, the emotion-driven of the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I remember when we got this song, my initial thoughts were that it was, like, very, very sad. Yeah. (laughs) I think everyone was hit hit by it in an emotional way. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's gotten sadder the longer we've had it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not exactly sure why. But I think it's also the contrast of like, uh, it's. I would say it's like one of the saddest songs on his album. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and I think it's also one of the most unique songs on his album because I feel like there's, um, there's like things about this song that I don't, f- I can't find in the other songs, any of his other songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, yeah, it really hits me every time I listen to it. Um, yeah, because I feel like this one makes him so vulnerable. Like, mm-hmm. the other ones are often love songs or kind of, like, uh, angry songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're mad at someone for some reason. But this yeah. one's just kind of, like, really just sad. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there's, like, a lot of remorse in this song. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, also, like, a lot of his songs, I feel like, have a lot of anger and like kind of a sense of righteousness um to them 
Witchnessness, and... did you say? <laughs> righteousness. Oh, righteousness. Yeah. 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 Um, a lot of the songs have this sort of attitude of like almost like he's like a jilted lover. Mm. Whereas this song feels to me much more like remorseful and like honest and not yeah. angry. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, have your feelings about it grown or changed since it was released? Have you been listening to it at all? Um, I've been listening to it as I listen to his album. I don't think my feelings have changed that much. Just that mm-hmm. it is sad, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm trying to decide if I want to like talk about all the themes and and stuff, or if we should do that while we talk about the lyrics because. Well, um, my sister was listening to our, um, what's it called? Meet Me in the Hallway discussion yeah. <laughs> today. And she was saying, um, you guys talked about all the themes beforehand. And then you uh-huh. talked about them again when you did the lyrics. So I feel like you could have <laughs> just talked about them when you did the lyrics. You should, in order to save time. Because she was saying it was uh-huh. a really long episode, which she doesn't mind, mm. but it feels overwhelming for her because she's trying to catch up. She's right. like, you could save time by just talking about them. So that's so funny that you say that because that's exactly what she said. Okay. All right. Well, that was my instinct. But yeah, yeah. it's it's hard to organize these episodes. Because, it's like, so difficult. Yeah, because you want to – there's like a bunch of like overarching stuff and like themes that you want to talk about. Um, and sometimes it's like if you're doing lyric by lyric – you're not always looking at like the overall themes, but I guess we could do that at the, after we're done with all the lyrics. So yeah, we'll switch it up this week and try that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whatever we don't say, we can also say it at the end when we go like, what are your sum up thoughts? Or is That's there anything true. else about the whole, you know, song? This feels really weird because we usually talk for like an hour before we get to the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a new year, new us, I guess. so i guess we'll just we'll get into the lyrics then yeah all right so this song um starts with a chorus it like wait can we talk about the title oh yeah sorry (laughs) it's okay the title of this song is good years caitlin Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that um so i guess just seeing I mean I never really see that this this wasn't a title that we got beforehand and then like speculated on unlike some of the others because this was a song released like earlier um when like the title and the song were just kind of released at the same time um but just like now looking at the title I think just good years really sort of sets the tone for what the song is about because when you hear someone say like oh the good years the good old years it often is like mm-hmm. someone reflecting back when they were younger um, or like mm-hmm. when it was a really they were like living a good time or like those were like the good years of their life. And maybe it sort of the other side of it is like it leaves it saying that like now that where they are now are not the good years. Um, mm-hmm. Because if those were the good years, then what, what are we living in now type of thing? Um, it's just like really yeah. reflective, I guess. Right away, it Definitely. sets the tone for that in the song. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I uh, agree with all of those um, thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the song starts with some piano, very sad piano. And 
um, it's, it opens with the chorus, and the lyrics of the chorus are, I'd rather be anywhere, anywhere but here. I'd rather be anywhere, anywhere but here. I close my eyes and see a crowd of a thousand tears. I pray to God I didn't waste all my good years. All my good years, all my good years. It's <sighs> so sad. <laughs> I know. Right off the bat, it just starts off, bam, Yeah. sad. I have to say, like, right away, that the line... I close my eyes and see a crowd of a thousand tears. That is so beautiful. Yeah, like, that is good is. writing. Yeah. And also, we're the crowd of a thousand tears. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, we're in this song. We really are. Pretty much. <laughs> in, our inter- our, in, in one interpretation of the song. Totally. Yeah. So what are, what are, your, what are your interpretations and thoughts about this chorus? Um, so, um, well, I guess, like, my first was talking about what here meant, just because mm-hmm. it's in that first line, I'd rather be anywhere but anywhere but here, um, and I thought just here could have a lot of meanings, like, here as in, like, physically he's somewhere there he doesn't want to be, whether that's, like, surrounded by, like, I don't know, people in the industry that he's just, like, I want to get out of here, I just want to go and, like, have space, or if he's talking, like, temporally, like, time-wise, he doesn't want to be here right now. He'd rather be, like, somewhere else. Or, like, mm-hmm. here in his place in his life, he's sort of ended up where he is and he'd rather not have ended up here, like, right. just in a general sense. He wished he'd taken another path. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think there's a lot of layers there. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Um, that That first bit, I'd rather be anywhere but here... I think when I first heard this song, like, my immediate thought was, like, oh, this is about his time in One Direction and that I'd rather be anywhere but here could be a reference to, like, when he was, like, during that time, he was mm-hmm. wishing he was anywhere but but here. But as I've listened to it, I've kind of changed how I think about it. And now when I listen to it, it kind of feels more, like, present day. Like, mm. he's having, like, like you know regrets and remorse and he's and like it's more about like like he's looking back and saying I'd rather be anywhere but here in like my current feelings Mm -hmm. yeah Um, I think yeah there's all those layers Mm -hmm. yeah and one interesting thing that I feel like Zane I feel like Zane writes his songs in a way where it's not about like a specific event and I think he combines Mm -hmm. things a lot yeah Because, like, especially the way he writes lyrics, like, if you look at a lot of his songs, the lyrics will sort of change. um, I don't know what the word is. They'll change, like, time frame. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes he'll say, like, he'll he'll be talking about, like, you know, present day, and then he'll be talking about the past. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of unclear if that's just, like, a word choice or if he's going back and forth between the present and the past. And then he also does a lot of perspective changes. Like, he'll say, you and then I – um, and sometimes I think those are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So we haven't heard him talk that much about songwriting, which I really wish that we could, like, have him tell us about his songwriting process, like his lyric yeah. process. But my sort of suspicion mm-hmm. is that is that when he writes songs, he does kind of combine different thoughts and feelings and maybe even events into, like, mm-hmm. the songs, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, because it doesn't necessarily always feel like it's about one specific event. And even in this song, like mm-hmm. when we get um, when we get to like verse one, he kind of changes the 
I guess it's like, I don't know what the phrase is, but like between present and past. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I guess I'll just read it right now. He said, um, when he says, nothing in the world could bring us down. Now we're so high among the stars. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, is it present or is it past, you know? Right, yeah. It's both all combined into one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I close my eyes and see a crowd of a thousand tears. Of course, I immediately think of One Direction concerts. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a crowd of a lot of people crying. <laughs> yeah. Usually out of like, happiness and joy, but... Right. Because, like, that one makes it seem like he's in present day and he shuts his eyes and he thinks back to his time yeah. when he was in One Direction. Right. And, like, then it's, like, does he regret where he is now and that he chose to leave? Right. You know, because he'd rather not be in this solo moment and he reflects back. Yeah. Um, But also it could be, like, him in that moment just, like, wishing he wasn't on stage and he sort of shuts his eyes and he knows the crowd's there and he can still see them. I don't know. Yeah. And then I saw this other thing online that with the crowd of a thousand tears was, like, after he you know he was gonna perform his songs live but then his anxiety got too much for him and he decided to back out last minute and he was thinking like maybe people were saying that oh he'd rather not be here at all because his anxieties doesn't like he doesn't want to perform and the crowd of a thousand tears is all the fans who are disappointed that they're not going to get to see him perform yeah i thought about that too so there's too many options there are so many options and I think it's one of those things too that like as we get through the rest of the, the lyrics that will sort of that sort of brings more clarity for me about yeah. what's, what it's about but again I think it could be about multiple I could mm-hmm. I think you could have multiple meanings and I think he could have written it that way yeah um and I definitely don't see any <clears throat> I don't see anything in this song of him um like slamming one direction in any way or saying that like I wasted my time like in like with that experience in a negative mm-hmm. way because I think some people's reaction was that like I saw some people being upset that, uh, as if he was saying like oh I like wasted my time and I think like even if he is saying like m- like if he wasted his good years like his time in one direction may have not been what he wanted to do I, I still don't I still don't take that as like like that's okay for him that's like an honest truth like mm-hmm. if he feels like he wasted his time not like oh such a waste of time but just like maybe there was something else he wanted to do like mm-hmm. that's okay as well like maybe he's going like maybe I wish I didn't get into this industry like right. was that the wrong decision you know yeah and like I still don't think that's him slamming one direction or saying he didn't get anything out of it it's just kind of yeah. like an honest truth maybe <clears throat> he's like pondering you know mm-hmm yeah, I agree. I don't. I, I agree, and I, I think also like, um, that sort of sentiment is. I mean, I pray to God I didn't waste all my good years. Also, could be like, looking back and realizing, um, <clears throat> like realizing all of the good times that you had, that you maybe took for granted at the time. Um, yeah. Or for whatever reason, you didn't get to enjoy them as you should have been able to enjoy yeah. them um and looking back and being like wow like those were good years I hope I didn't waste them by like you know mm-hmm. not appreciate them or not you know living the way I wanted to or whatever the interpretation is 
Yeah, because that fits with the I close my eyes and see the crowd of a thousand tears. Like mm-hmm. he's reflecting back on like the 1D performances and, you know, wishing he was more in the moment or something. Yeah, and we know we've heard him we've heard him talk a lot about um, having like a hard time in the band. And also like I feel like we've heard a lot from him and there's there's like a general theme of miscommunication, I feel like. Mm. Yeah, um, I feel like when I listen to this song, I can relate to it in a lot of ways, like the sentiment of like, I pray to God I didn't waste all my good years because um, I have I've had like there was like a big chunk of my life when I was younger where I was involved um, with like this group of friends and this like organization. And I kind of like spent, you know, 24 seven with them and I like put my heart and soul into it and like just spent a lot of energy and time and like now I'm not like friends with those people anymore and like the like basically it feels it can feel sometimes like all the energy and all that time was like wasted because I don't have it anymore (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily that I regret it because like it's definitely shaped me as a person and I like learned a lot and I got a lot out of it as far as like who I am now um but I do sometimes think like, wow, like what if I didn't spend all of that time doing things like doing that thing that is now like not a part of my life at all? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's why this song is so relatable because it applies to like our own lives. I'm sure we all have things that are like that where it's just like maybe like you said, you don't necessarily regret it because you're where you are now. But like you kind of question like what if you'd done something differently where would Mm -hmm. you be or like what would you have gotten to experience yeah yeah definitely um I also had the idea that like wasting his good years could also have been in the time between leaving One Direction and like now putting out his second album just because like that could have been his like good years to like make it as a solo artist and like maybe he Mm -hmm. wasted it because he didn't tour like and often like touring is where like you get more popular and you get more like at least I mean you get more money but also I think you get more recognition and like you can become bigger as an artist so like maybe he's like hoping that he didn't like lose his chance to to do the whole solo career thing I don't know I just speculated that as a possibility yeah yeah I know it's really interesting because I feel like yeah the way I used to interpret it when I first heard this was like I'd rather be anywhere but here I close my eyes and see a crowd of a thousand tears like he's literally like at a One Direction concert performing Mm -hmm. (laughs) like having this Mm -hmm. dialogue but then now I kind of look at it as like he's in present day right um like wishing he was anywhere but here and like closing his eyes and seeing crowds and like that is much sadder (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Um, and like wishing he was there yeah instead Um, I also took this to be like maybe he just in general he just didn't want to be famous at all and like yeah he wishes he'd like gone to school or something and just done something Mm. completely different and like you know waste your years as a young person I think a lot of them like Zane in in particular talks about how like you know he did really he like he liked school and he did well in it and like Mm -hmm. he wanted to go to university and like become a teacher or something and like I think a lot of them said like you didn't get that time to like grow up at home because they left home quite early and they didn't get the chance to sort of you know be young teenagers 
Right. So in that way, like you may have wasted your good years because you were sort of thrust into this like very adult environment where you had to, you know, be in this band and everyone was watching you and you couldn't just kind of be young and be free, I guess. Yeah. No, that's a really good insight. I also feel like it could apply just to the wider, I feel like fear that a lot of people have in their 20s, like Mm. that they're running out of time and that you're like you know, good years are gone. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm 30. I'm going to be 31 in like two weeks. I thought and you were already much... 31. Are you sure you're not? What? <laughs> I thought we had this conversation. Are you joking maybe with not. me? No, maybe it was that you thought you were 29 and you're 30. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. I'm 30. <laughs> I'm going to be 31. I'm not already 30. Am I already 31? I don't know. No, 88. I was born in 88. I can't do math like that. Well, 2018 would mean I was 30. So that means 31 in 2019. Okay. Everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, but I'm so... Wait. (laughs) I don't know how it works. Hold on, I'm getting on my calculator. In 89, you were one. Yes. So then what does that mean? But I was born in February. So like, yeah. 89, I was one. So that Most means, of yeah, 89 this year, one. 2019, yeah. I'll be 31. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> God, math is hard, you guys. Well, it's always the years <laughs> ones where you have to like go from one. It's like, it's because the birthdays throw it all off. Like yeah. it is really is too much <laughs> it is i don't i don't know if we've ever had this conversation <clears throat> on the podcast i've had this conversation with caitlin but um i'm 30 and during during the year i had convinced myself for a period of about five to six months that i was actually 29 still yeah, um, that, and it was very shocking <laughs> to me when <laughs> i found out that i was in fact 30 <laughs> denial <laughs> anyways um well, that's all very relevant to what I was saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I basically spent from like the age of 20, the age of 20, honestly, or even 19, maybe, to like kind of now <laughs> <laughs> being like feeling like oh, I wasted time. I'm running out of time. Like I should have done this already. I should have done this already. Yeah. Do you have that feeling? Yeah, I definitely feel it, especially because. Like, I've been trying to get into medical school for a long time. Or not trying, but working towards it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I just keep wasting time. Yeah. Um, and it's really stressful, especially because I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be 10 years in medical school. I'm going to be, like, this age when I get out. And, like, I want to have this many kids. <laughs> so, like, uh-huh. <laughs> how do I plan it all? Like, yeah. what's going to happen? It just it gets stressful for sure. But yeah. I, I do feel comforted when I see people on Twitter who are like, guys your 20s you need to chill out 20s are horrible wait till mm-hmm. you get to 30 that's yeah. when like life starts to slowly come together those are the good times like yeah so. that's what i hear from everyone and honestly like like i'm like i'm definitely the most stable that i've ever been in my life currently mm-hmm. and i'm kind of just starting to get to a place where i where i don't feel like my life is over <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Like, I can see a future, and I'm, like, excited about things I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Um, but honestly, for a long time throughout my 20s, I just had this deep fear of, like, ah, like, every, like it's over. 
And I'm mm-hmm. sure someone like Zane feels that. He's 26, which actually mm-hmm. feels crazy that he is 26 now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure it's like it's extra when you're when you're in the public eye, you know. I feel like yeah. there must be more pressure. Um, but I also feel like there's less pressure when you're a man <laughs> because I yeah. feel like a lot of the age thing specifically hits women because of a couple different things. Like partially it's it's like, you know how you were talking about like I want to have kids. Like if you're mm-hmm. like if you're like a woman and you want to have kids someday, like that's something you have to think about in relation to your age that like men don't really have to think mm-hmm. about because like mm-hmm. it's like there's a it's like more common you know it's easier if you're you're not if cis you're women yes if you're if you're yeah if you're a cis man you're not gonna get pregnant then you can kind of be however old you want to be to have kids <laughs> yeah but if you want to be there pregnant, is the pressure of you want to be like alive for your kid's life yeah depending. totally <laughs> less pressure but <laughs> I mean you could have one when you're 90 but you might not see them grow up yeah. that much but there's also like the physical side I read this like really good essay I should find it and do it as a recommendation one of these weeks but um it was so good and it was talking about how like um because women's value is so often based on appearance and like attractiveness that, like, mm-hmm. women fear getting older in such a different way because it's, like, if you lose your attractiveness, like, you, like, lose your value mm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is a lie. It's really interesting. Because it's not true. But it's, like, a societal thing right. that I feel like happens. Mm-hmm. Um, which, anyways, that doesn't have anything to do with Zane, but I'll sidetrack. <laughs> Deep thoughts. <laughs> do you have any other thoughts? We'll come back. We can come back to this chorus, but... Um, I don't think so. Okay. So then we get to the verse. Oh, and I guess I can mention the music as we go too. So um, one of the things that I like about this song is that musically it's a lot sparser, I feel like, than a lot of his other Mm -hmm. songs. A lot of his songs are very, like, instrument heavy. And even the lighter ones are still, like, kind of dense and intricate. Um, and this one is not really like that. It's, it's like just kind of piano and you can hear his voice a lot. And I feel like it really makes you focus on the lyrics in a different way. Um, cause you can really hear them and they're not like drowned out by music and there's not like a lot of music for you to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it makes the impact of the words that much stronger. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And there's like these weird, like, in the background like this drum sound yeah it makes it a little like i don't know echoey and mm-hmm. feels like you're in his brain like hearing his thoughts yeah and there's a lot of um there's a lot of like reverb like echo sounds mm-hmm. <clears throat> which also makes me think of one direction because they have a lot of songs with that sound and then also makes me think of like being in a stadium and i feel like i mentioned this when we were talking about the song at first but I don't know if it was an arti- ar- a purposeful artistic choice or not, but I can definitely listen to it and feel like, you know, you're at a concert. Right. Like, listening to this live. Um, yeah. Or it's, like, what he hears if he was, like, yeah. performing. Um, yeah. Because it's got that really intense reverb sound. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> getting into verse one, the lyrics are... The voices screaming loud as hell, 
We don't care about no one else. Nothing in the world could bring us down. Now we're so high among the stars without a worry. And neither one, one of us, wants to say we're sorry. So, what are your feelings on this verse? Um, my first thought, just looking at the structure of it, is that the last two lines don't really fit the pattern of what the first ones are doing. Like, they're longer, mm. and they sort of go off track. Yeah. Um, of, like, what you might usually see in a verse. Like, there's too many syllables in it. Yeah. Um, but, like, that makes you, like, draw to it. Like, not in a bad way. There's too many syllables. But, like, you're like, oh, that sounds different than what I might expect. So, like, mm. you are drawn to it. Um, and then just, I feel like, again, we get those themes of, like, voices screaming loud as hell. Like, I feel like that has a number of double meanings. One, yeah. it could be, like, the crowd singing loud and saying, mm-hmm. like, we don't care about no one else. Um, I mean, those two, the first two lines could also not be related. It could just be, like, the voices are screaming loud as hell. And then, like, we, as in him and whoever else he's talking about, don't care about anyone else. Right. They, like, only care about themselves. Um, But it could be, like, the crowd saying, like, we love One Direction. We don't care about anyone else. Or it also could be, like, I don't know, um, like, someone feeding him information and, like, he's hearing, like, lots of voices in his head, just, like, anxiety mm. or something. And, yeah. you know, uh, like, maybe his management's saying, like, oh, we don't care about anyone else. Like, we're focused on you. Like, we want... I don't know. There's just, like, yeah. a whole bunch of ways to take it, I guess. Yeah, definitely. How did you interpret those first couple lines? Um, Again, it's kind of shifted as I've had the song. Because when I first heard it, just my first thoughts were, like, how I said that it was you know definitely about One Direction and his time and performing and being on stage and stuff so Mm -hmm. the you know the voices screaming loud um makes me think that that's like at a concert and like nothing in the world could bring us down we're so high among the stars like when they were at the peak of fame and stuff Mm -hmm. um but you know it could also be about a different relationship completely (laughs) Mm -hmm. um (laughs) voices screaming loud as hell could be like you know fighting um and this is where the like the like um tense confuses me because it's like now we're so high among the stars without a worry and neither one of us wants to say we're sorry because mm-hmm. when I first heard the neither one one of us wants to say we're sorry I was immediately like oh like you know, talking about the boys and how they don't want to apologize to each other, right. <laughs> which would be something that would be happening like now. But right. now we're so high among the stars without a worry makes me think of like back then when they were at the peak of, mm-hmm. you know, their success. Um, but if those lines are supposed to be like happening at the same time, then, you know, it could be about something else completely. Um, but I do feel like I do feel like even if this song wasn't necessarily written about One Direction or if it was written about multiple things, like, I'm sure that he knew people were going to take it that way because of all the connotations, right? Right, yeah. You could not think that. Exactly. So I feel like there's part of him that is... Louis that- certainly did not think that. <laughs> yeah. I know I didn't mention that at the top of the episode. We'll get to it. <laughs> 
but yeah, I feel like, you know, as we're, as I'm like looking through all these lyrics and stuff, I'm like, I'm like, right, it could be about a bunch of things, but like he knows people are going to take it that way. And he's obviously not trying to go against that um, interpretation. Yeah. So, um, so I think that in itself says something about, you know, how he feels and stuff. And I also feel like mm-hmm. with this song, the way that it's, um, the way that it's structured and how, um, how it's so, like how it's just mostly piano and it's very sparse and like his voice is very clear and you can really hear it. And he also doesn't really mumble in this song. And yeah. a lot of times the way that he kind of sings is very like, can be like mumbly and like, um, he sings, he sings, I mean, he sings very intentionally, but like a lot of times, like I'm sure on purpose, the way he says words, you can't really tell what words they are. I cannot tell you. Right how many Zane songs that I still don't know the lyrics to because you literally can't tell if it's one or the other word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is one song where it's like you can literally hear every word so clearly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like that's because he wanted it to be clear. Like he didn't want there right. to be confusion about it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it was an important song for him. Cause it yeah. Just has, it has Especially because he like he released it early and stuff. Like Yeah. I don't know. It felt important to me as well. Yeah. And I feel like the um, nothing in the world could bring us down. Now we're so high among the stars without a worry. Um, definitely relates to the Icarus Falls title. Yes, definitely. Um, and there's a bunch of other songs that I feel like have similar lyrics. Um, <clears throat> like some of his songs and then some from One Direction. And I did highlight a couple of them. Particularly... There's Clouds, um, and that was when Zane was still in the band. Um, and they have a line that says, we're never coming back down. We're looking down on the clouds. Mm. Um, and I think that is referring to, like, them being at the height of success. Yeah. Um, right? Especially because they opened their tour with that. Yeah. With Clouds. Yeah. It was like, bam, look where we are. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then definitely in Long Way Down, which was on Made in the AM, so Zane wasn't on that album. Pretty much the whole song <laughs> um, yeah. has those themes. <laughs> I'm trying to pick out which one to read. So, like, the chorus is point of no return, and now it's just too late to turn around. I try to forgive you, but I struggle because I don't know how. We built it up so high, and now I'm falling. It's a long way down. It's a long way down from here. Um, so that's very similar. And then also... Niall's song Paper Houses has a line that says um, well the chorus is like our paper houses reach the stars till we break and scatter worlds apart yeah I paid the price and own the scars why did we climb and fall so far so like a lot of really of very yeah. similar sentiments about just being so so high and then having yeah. like a long way to fall yeah and i was in the the line the um bring us down also reminded me of drag us drag me down oh yeah their song so i was like oh could this be a reference to like the 1d song drag me down i don't know yeah i wonder that yeah i mean if he had said drag us down (laughs) that would have been something (laughs) (laughs) yeah i also Um. thought the word high could be interpreted as like high as in like you smoked up (laughs) you know i thought that too yeah like i don't know 
like maybe they did get together whoever this is talking about and they got high but they didn't want to <gasps> apologize wait got <laughs> <laughs> to reread this <laughs> and then yeah i don't know mm, maybe i also could see it as like now we're both sort of like if it's the 1d thing like we're all kind of like in our solo careers and we're so high like in our like in our own whatever mm-hmm. like because they're they've all right. been really successful in their solo careers so like now we're so high so it is the presence right um and then obviously and neither one one of us wants to say we're sorry it's a very poignant line and i feel like we all have specific things we think of probably when we hear that line mm-hmm. um and we know that like we know that um like harry in particular has written songs with a lot of these themes yeah um i highlighted a couple um definitely like from the dining table i think i find the most um he says we haven't spoke since you went away comfortable silence is so overrated why won't you ever be the first one to break even my phone misses your call um and then later he changes why won't you ever be the first one to break with why won't you ever say what you want to say and then um the bridge maybe one day you'll call me and tell me you're sorry too but you never do yeah i wrote that one down yeah but just that sort of sentiment of like um why won't you ever be the first one to break it sort Mm -hmm. of like reminds me of like those situations where you're like you're kind of waiting you're waiting for the other person to apologize like yeah maybe you need them to because you need to know that like you know sometimes you're in situations where like you're always the one who ends up apologizing first you're the one who ends up calling first and you're like i need to know that the other person cares about me as much as i care about them so like right they need to do it first to like prove something or it's a situation Mm -hmm. where you feel like you didn't do anything wrong and like (laughs) yeah they wronged you more yeah (laughs) so they need to be the one to come to you yeah the first one to break like definitely very similar vibes in a lot of a lot of the icarus falls songs um yeah make me think of that yeah yeah and then of course (laughs) there was louis tweet which yes (laughs) we really don't know what he was talking about right but this was like the same day that zayn dropped this song and louis tweeted something nasty and there was no other connections really to be made what was his tweet do you have it written he said i don't have it written but i have it memorized he said (laughs) he said proper confused what a hypocrite (laughs) that's all the tweet said so we obviously we don't know it's in response to this song but there's a possibility that it is there's a strong possibility because the thing is is that we know that they were close when they were in the band and yeah we know that louis well like we don't know this but like it's it's it seems very apparent that louis like at some point has felt hurt by zane because i think you know what we've seen him talk about in interviews and stuff. Um, I'm trying to remember the last time he talked about it, but um, I know there's been times in interviews where, like, they've been asked about Zayn and Louis said, like, I think I was the closest with him. Um, Mm -hmm. And they've kind of gone through little cycles. So, like, he's said at one point that they kind of made up um, and, like, reconciled and they talk sometimes. But then when we got this interview from Zayn in Vogue – a couple months ago 
he said that he doesn't talk to any of them and that he was like never friends with any of them and that there was snide, <laughs> was so snide things that were said um so it's it's like obvious that you know something's gone on there <laughs> um Aww. for them to kind of have like varying uh narratives um yeah and i think that i think that as we'll get to later in the song i think that a lot of it is not a narrative it's just um them being their honest messy selves <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but it's quite sad neither one one of us wants to say we're sorry Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, do you have anything else for this verse? I don't think so. All right. So then we have the chorus again, which is just the same um, as the opening. Um, and then with verse two, the lyrics are, too much drugs and alcohol. What the hell were we fighting for? Because now the whole damn world will know. That we're too numb and just too dumb to change the story. Neither one, one of us wants to say we're sorry. I think this is my favorite verse, actually. Why? Um, there's something in the line, because <clears throat> now the whole damn world will know that we're too numb and just too, jum- too dumb to change the story. Mm-hmm. There's, like, so much honesty in that yeah. line. <laughs> like, there's not, there's not, like... There's not a whole lot of misconstruing it. If you have, mm-hmm. like, if you're, like, a normal person having a normal relationship, you wouldn't say, now the whole world knows. Right. Because why would any, <laughs> you know, why, how would the whole world know anything yeah. about your relationship? Which makes it seem like he's very clearly and honestly saying. Well, I feel like this would also be about, like, just because the relationships, like, with the people they're dating as well. Yeah, like, exactly. Are very public. Yeah, so yeah it could be about anyone he's been you know publicly linked with including like romantic relationships including the boys but um the we're too numb and just too dumb to change the story is just so sad um and it it, like links back to what i was saying before about how like um you know he's kind of he's kind of saying that you know admitting that like whatever this is about and again we don't actually know what this is about but he's kind of saying that like you know when you're when you're a celebrity or you're in the public eye often you want to like be able to control like the narratives and like you know control as much as you can like what the public knows and thinks and he's kind of admitting here like we're not doing that like we can't change the story um because we're like numb like we're not you know feeling and we're dumb (laughs) um so now the whole world knows kind of like the truth um, right which i don't know i just find very sad in its honesty and like and 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 um vulnerability yeah because it's kind of like he's acknowledging that he knows what they're doing is wrong but yeah he's not gonna fix it himself like he just doesn't have the energy to do that yeah Um, I also almost felt like he was a little bit breaking the fourth wall there, like, Mm -hmm. because now the whole world will know, given this song. Yes. Kind of like, well, like, kind of like Harry's Carolina, where he was like, oh, well, she just found out. Like, this is like, well, now that I'm putting this song out, the whole world will know. Yes. Like, where we stand. 
Yes, that is what I was trying to say, I think, in my <laughs> long-winded <laughs> okay. explanation. Like, that honesty yeah. and, like, clarity of, like... Yeah. Yeah, totally breaking the fourth wall by saying that. Yeah. That's how I feel about it, too. And I, I thought the line, like, what the hell are we fighting for, was mm-hmm. very much a line where it's, like, you've been fighting for so long, and, like, you're holding a grudge, and you kind of don't know why at any point, but you just know yeah. that you're supposed to be holding this grudge, yeah. and you know it's stupid, and, like... It's so dumb and like they want to change the story and they can, but right. and they but, but they've been fighting for too long and it's not worth it. And it's just like we can't change our story, you know? Yeah. Like Yeah, it's like a stubbornness and like Yeah. And yeah, and also I was thinking about um Meet Me in the Hallway as well because um well at the end it has the lyrics, we don't talk about it. It's something we don't do. Mm-hmm. And then um, in the chorus, he says, just let me know. I'll be at the door, at the door, hoping you'll come around. Just let me know. I'll be on the floor, on the floor. Maybe we'll work it out. It's kind of a similar feeling of like, yeah, like this, this sentiment, like I'm waiting for you. I'll be here. Like, let me know. Like the second you want to make a move, the second you want to apologize, like I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. like on the floor. I'm waiting for you. Right. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to get off the floor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be on the floor and I'll wait here. Exactly. Like yeah um so yeah that's like it just reminds me of that um you know Mm -hmm. we're too dumb to change the story like yeah and also I feel like what the hell were we fighting for can be really read two different ways like well I'm sure more than two different ways but you know when I first hear it I think you know why were we fighting with each other um Mm -hmm. but also like now I've started to think of it as what were we fighting to have like and again, I think I mentioned this when we first were talking about this song, but like, you know, um, if you're looking at it from the perspective of like, it's about One Direction, like, obviously there was a lot of struggle, even even when there were good times, like trying to write songs and like trying to be a band together and like, you know, you have to, it's like a lot, you know, it's a lot and like, I feel like they were fight, you know, fighting for, like fighting to have this thing that right. now Zayn doesn't have anymore. So it's almost like, why do we fight so hard for that? Like, yeah. if there's nothing to show for it or something like that. Yeah. Or it yeah, could I be... Like that interpretation. Yeah, or it could be more about his interpersonal relationships. Like, if there was, you know, someone or multiple people in the band that he was fighting to have, the, to keep those relationships. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. there was something. He, he was in the band for five years. Yeah. So like obviously he didn't hate all of them for five years because he wouldn't have he wouldn't have stayed if he really like hated them for five years. Right. Um, unless he was like really 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 numb, which maybe he was. <laughs> like, but like I could sort of think like it could be also like, you know, maybe he had these relationships that were really really tough and that and they were fighting to keep them and like mm-hmm. fighting to have the relationships last and they end right. up ended up not lasting. And so he's yeah. kind of looking back and saying, like, why do we fight so hard for that relationship when right. it was never yeah. going to work or something like that? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then also the too much drugs and alcohol. Yes. I feel like that goes back to what we were saying about, like, the line that high could have been, like, mm-hmm. drug related. Um, yeah. I don't know if these meant, like, just, I think, like, I know Liam's talked about, like, some of the the years with one direction mm-hmm. he like drank too much and partied too much and yeah. like it wasn't healthy for him yeah um, and like maybe like zane experienced similar things he has a lot of these themes throughout his songs yeah um 
where it was just too much and it like got overwhelming and it mm-hmm. messed with like the way he was seeing things and it like i don't know yeah no kind of strain on his relationships yeah i think so there's he references he references like substance use a lot um and i think it relates to to like the sentiment of being numb um yeah like using drugs or alcohol to like numb yourself um you know to get like through a hard time or like as a coping mechanism and that's mm-hmm. like really sad to think for me to think about because like mm-hmm. like struggles that people have with that stuff like you just don't see it most of the time right um and like i remember there's a line in like i forget what song it was what is it um i don't get to get i don't drink to get drunk i feel all the right funk what song is that <laughs> oh yeah i don't drink. Uh... oh before yeah yeah and then he says well actually i don't know if he says now i'm on a roof but i always hear it as numb on a roof mm. um but that kind of reminds me of that too like there's just like a lot when you go into his other songs too of like little yeah. references here and there um and there's also just so much there's just so much we don't know like yeah liam talked about um i forget what interview it was but he was he said that he was like um he's like struggled with drinking for a while Mm-hmm. And that's something that, like, we never would have really been able to see. Yeah. Like, he always, you know, seems together and stuff. And, like, it just makes you sad to think about, like, all the potential hidden struggles that people have. Yeah. And I also feel like this ties into the <clears throat> now the whole damn world will know. Because he's right. kind of very clearly saying, like, hey, there was too much drugs and alcohol. <laughs> you know, whether mm-hmm. or not it was his own or other people's. Um I feel like that is sort of something that he, like, wanted to say very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, do you have anything else you're thinking about for this nope. verse? All right. So then we have a, another chorus, which is the same as the other ones. And then we have the bridge. And the lyrics of the bridge are, <clears throat> Need a chance just to breathe, feel alive. And when the day meets the night, show me the light. Feel the wind and the fire. Hold the pain deep inside. It's in my eyes, in my eyes. And it's a really beautiful bridge. Um, there's mm-hmm. kind of like a really steady beat throughout the whole song. And then during the bridge, it kind of drops out. And it's just his voice and whatever piano stuff's going on behind him. I feel like this bridge like really threw me for a loop when I was just doing the song analysis because I didn't really understand it that much. Yeah. And I was trying to figure it out. I kind of got to the, I kind of, I don't know, this is how I interpreted it, but I still don't really know what's happening. Okay. Um, to me, it just seems like he's kind of making a plea a bit, like asking for like a little bit of a break just to like clear his head, mm-hmm. take some space. And then like when the day meets the night like okay after that like then show me how i should fix this but like right now he just like needs some space yeah um and like then i'll try to figure out how to fix it yeah um but then he's also like holding the pain inside which sounds pretty terrible and sad and Mm -hmm. it's just like making it worse by holding it inside and not like dealing with it yeah but i was confused about like different other parts like in my eyes in my eyes and like feel the wind and the fire yeah i don't know yeah i had a couple different interpretations um of it and um kind of line by line like 
need a chance just to breathe, feel alive, definitely ties in for me to like him talking about being numb. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think you know when you're in a when you're in a bad place, like you know mentally, emotionally, um, and you're like feeling numb, you know that sentiment of like you know wanting to feel alive, um, I think makes sense there. And then need a chance just to breathe. I think like you were saying, like feeling too much pressure. And also this song, the song that comes right after this is Fresh Air, um, mm. which the lyrics to Fresh Air are like I'm feeling under pressure. Um, you know, I need some fresh air. (laughs) Right. Um, So I feel like, um, he also says, don't want to talk about it in fresh air. He says, I say, I'm sorry, but you're never sober. I start drinking. It's too Mm -hmm. much thinking. It's the same every time you're with me. So I feel like these songs. That goes to them getting high and not wanting to apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like these songs are, are, like partnered songs honestly because they're written at the same time with the same person mm-hmm. and there's so so many similarities um because like if you look at the lyrics of fresh air and then you come back to good years like need need a chance just to breathe feel alive you know fits into that yeah um and then yeah i think when the day meets the night show me the light is just how you were saying kind of like a plea like he wants to know what the right path mm-hmm. is or like what the answer is um, I love that when the day meets the night. That's a really pretty way to talk about like is, time and sunset. It is really pretty, yeah. Yeah, and I also like, um, yeah, so feel the wind and the fire. Um, I was thinking sort of like if you're wanting, if you've been numb for a while and you want to feel alive, it could sort of mm-hmm. be like, you know, I want to feel the wind. I want to feel the elements. I want to like feel my body right. being alive. Um, I think that that's what I that's what I think of when I hear it when I hear it that's kind of my interpretation yeah um, I think it could also be like um, if it was like a negative thing like feel the wind and the fire like you know these these harsh forces working against me or whatever um, mm-hmm. and then hold the pain deep inside it's in my eyes I think he's saying the pain is in his eyes mm-hmm. um, so he's like holding it like you can look in his eyes and see that he's not happy yeah and that made me think of if you go back and look at all the videos of him towards the end when they're touring um you can see it in his eyes that he's not all that he's not you know happy Mm -hmm. you you really can (laughs) yeah yeah because this like now that i'm hearing your interpretation it definitely like need a chance just to breathe feel alive it's like he just needs a break needs to leave Mm -hmm. like needs to have his own chance to feel alive again because he's felt so like numb in the band and just like needs to like stretch his wings and feel alive yeah and the constant like like, that chance he's talked a few times about the machine yeah Um, like the band being a machine like and i think for some of the boys that really works like they're it's like nonstop. They don't, they weren't taking a break. It was like literally just like nonstop. And so him saying mm-hmm. like, I need a chance just to breathe, just to breathe. I want to feel the wind. Like literally I just mm-hmm. want to like go outside and like, you know, feel like feel yeah. the air and like exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think could definitely make sense. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense to me now. Yeah. 
it was just interesting because there was so many like light and day and night and all these elements that like I know he said stars earlier but I feel like more of it is like not based in like nature in this song as much yeah like all of a sudden there was so much nature and I was like okay what's happening (laughs) what does it all symbolize yeah he's also had a couple lyrics about um setting things on fire (laughs) interesting yeah so I don't know if this could relate to that um but like in before he says well I think it's numb on a roof but it might be now I'm on a roof um but it says Hmm. now I'm on a roof set it on fire right Um, yeah and then where's the other one um he has a couple other songs where he he references Mm -hmm. um set it on fire but yeah, I think hold the pain deep inside. It's in my eyes and my eyes is so sad. And it's almost like he's saying like, you can see I'm in pain or you can see I was like, it's yeah. in my eyes. Like, even though I'm holding it yeah. inside, I'm not talking about it because he has a hard time communicating. I think he doesn't, you know, I think we can see and we have seen that he's one of those people who like can have a lot of pain and not talk about it and not mm-hmm. express it. Which I think could also, like, I want (laughs) to, I, like, hesitate to get to, like, um, I don't know. Like, I don't want to psychoanalyze the boys' (laughs) relationships, like, (laughs) which is something I do in my spare time a lot. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But on the podcast. (laughs) Um, But, like, you know, definitely having that, that trait, you know, can contribute to, like, so much miscommunication in relationships. Like, if you're someone who's, like, I'm in pain, I'm having all this anxiety, I'm having a horrible experience, like, all this bad stuff is happening to me, but you're not expressing that, you're not saying it to someone, and then that person isn't going to know that you're experiencing that. Right. I think that can create... And they might feel, like, shunted. Yeah, and that can create such a bad dynamic, and then Mm -hmm. sometimes you can look back and, and be like, wow, like, they didn't care at all, but, like, sometimes they just didn't really know. Yeah. You know. Anything else for this bridge? Mm, nope. Okay. Um, so then we have the last chorus and then the outro, which is just, I pray to God I didn't waste all my good years, all my good years, all my good years. And that's the end of the song. Um, what an emotional ending. Yeah, it really is. I love this song so much. I think it's beautiful. I think it's so well written, um, like lyrically and musically. And it just gives you so much to think about and to connect to. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. I was thinking about earlier today, like, when you know an artist, like, when you know about their life and, like, you follow them, um, I feel like you have such a different perspective on songs than you would if you don't. And I was th- trying to yeah. think of an example. So, like, okay, Adele, she wrote um, Somebody Like You. So I heard that song immediately knew exactly what it was about oh I know exactly what the song is about because like I felt this Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about like zero about Adele's life yeah I don't know anything about about her personal life I don't know anything about who she's dated I don't even know if she's married like I literally know nothing (laughs) yeah but I heard that song and was just like I know exactly what the song is about whereas when I hear these songs from the boys I'm like, I don't know. It could be this. It could be this. It could be this. It could be this. Right. And I wonder if I didn't follow them, like if I didn't know their personal lives at all, if I would have a clear understanding of the song because I would just immediately relate it to my own life and my own story instead of mm-hmm. trying to like think about what it actually is about. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I feel like we spent a lot of time being like, oh, this is obviously about, like, him leaving One Direction and, like, whatever he's feeling about it. Right. But, like, we really could have been like, okay, well, this was about someone he was dating. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, go down that route and yeah. have, like, a completely different interpretation. Yeah. And a song like this could even be about a family member. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things this song Oh, for be about. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I love knowing, like, who is writing the songs, though. Yeah. I like knowing about their life. Because I still feel like I can. I mean, mm-hmm. you were saying, like, you connected to it. I feel like you can connect to it still. Oh, no, totally. I didn't – yeah, no, I, I connect to it more in a way. Yeah. Because then the, the things that do – that do, sing, like, feel true to me feel even more true because I'm, like, I know mm-hmm. – I know, like, the possibilities of how this could be true for you, like – like right. when Zane says, and neither one, one of us wants to say we're sorry. I don't necessarily know exactly what that's about, but I know that there's like these situations that it could very easily be about. Mm-hmm. And so then it makes me feel even more connected because then I know even more for more, sh- like more surely that we've felt the same things. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I honestly do feel like this song could have done well on radio as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it wasn't really promoted, but none of his songs were. And yeah. it remains to be seen what's going to happen with him in the future as far as labels and stuff hey, goes. he's going on tour. He said it. I'm I was shocked. It. So if you guys didn't know, he tweeted um, – I can't actually say the tweet because it's very, a lot of profanity in it. But he said he was really excited to go back on tour <laughs> um, or to get out and perform. And it seemed like one of those tweets, like – he didn't have to tweet that. That was, like, a giddy tweet where you're so excited yeah. that, like, you just need to, like, share it with the world. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited for him to be excited. I know. I can't I can't let myself truly believe that he's going on tour because mm-hmm. it's too exciting. So I'm, remain- <laughs> I'm remaining skeptical. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and also Louis said that he was going on tour this year. So there's a lot of bombs that have been dropped. I know. And, like, gotta... <sighs> I don't know. I wonder if that has anything to believe Because Louis has said things other. before and they haven't come true. I know. I'm also hesitant what? to believe Louis. Yeah. I wonder if those tweets have anything to do with each other. No, they're definitely not touring <laughs> together. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> Them singing a duet of good years, Louis and Zane. I am here for that. Yeah, I also saw a tweet from. So I didn't really research this enough to explain it well, but there's this organization called Cobalt, which is like an independent label. And then they have a company under them called AWOL. And the purpose of the company is to like is to like let artists own their own music and so Zayn is signed Mm. with that company he's signed with AWOL which means that he owns his songs so that Mm -hmm. so that way like his label RCA doesn't actually own the rights to his music and he's been Mm -hmm. signed with them for a while it's not new but people have been talking about it lately and someone had tweeted so so AWOL and Cobalt had tweeted um uh, about his satisfaction music video um and people were commenting about him being signed with them and what does that mean and like um is he leaving his label and AWOL replied to one of those tweets and said 
um, that would be big if it were true. AWOL said that? That's yes. so odd. I know. I'm try- I feel like I should. So he is leaving his label? I mean, that's what it sounds like. That's a, That was a very cheeky tweet to write. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So I think we'll find stuff out fairly soon. Um, like in the next few months, I think. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see if Niall and Harry are have the rights to their own music because i know taylor swift just got hers for she's only starting to have the rights to her own mm. for the next album yeah so i don't know if niall and harry have that i'd be interested too who is harry signed with uh columbia i don't know which one it is yeah like niall's with capital and he's like he loves them he like yeah. always talks about how amazing they are yeah, I don't think Harry left from what he was. With, oh, with that's One right. He didn't. Yeah. Yeah. We need to like mm. interview. We need to like find someone who's like an industry expert and interview them. Yeah. There's so much I, I mean, don't know. when Ta- when Taylor talked about like her, what what are they called? They're called like something. You're somethings. Yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, like the rights to your music. I like researched the whole thing and was looking it all up and like figuring all this stuff out. Mm-hmm. It's just like when you write songs, like you don't get to be in charge of what where that music gets placed. Yes. You know, like it could be placed in commercials that you don't want it to be because mm-hmm. your company, the company is in control of it. Yeah. But now she's going to be in control of her own like demos or whatever the hell they're called. Yeah. It's so interesting. I hate that. Like, is it, it Masters? Isn't... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Masters. So AWOL has a tweet. I hate that it's not the artist. Like that just sucks so much. I know. Well, I hope that these companies like AWOL get popular. So they have a tweet. This this little. I guess it's like a their version of a meme, and it says, "Artists." Uh, oh, I don't, how do I explain this tweet? I, I can't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like artists, and then signing away Masters, and then AWOL on the other side. They're basically saying, don't sign away your masters. Sign with us yeah. and you won't have to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what Harry deal Harry made or whatever the hell, but I hope he's in charge of his own masters. I bet you could Google it pretty easily. Yeah. I'm scrolling through to try and find the Zane tweets, um, <clears throat> but I think they're going to be too far back for me to find. So we should play yeah. wrap up the episode and we can we can carry on this conversation in another episode and also as soon as we get more information like i'm sure we'll want to talk mm-hmm. about it again um because it is very fascinating mm-hmm. so what else do we have any other um thoughts we wanted to talk about um i don't think so i feel like that was a really like down song discussion <laughs> just because the song was so sad that we were talking about. <laughs> i know if someone is, if this is their first episode listening to this, they're going to be like, wow, they're really somber. Usually we're yeah. like wild, you guys. Well, also, I've had like a hell week. Um, I had like a fight with like someone I love dearly and it was very traumatic and um, I got my car broken into. It's been pouring rain. <laughs> I had to get new tires on my car. The bottom of my boot fell off. Um, oh my God. Just to top it all <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm like going on a flight tomorrow. I haven't even packed um oh, so man. i've had like a really rough week and also i've had a really busy day and i've been up since like five there was an earthquake yesterday Dang. um oh my god so i'm like not in like the most amazing headspace right now 
but I'm trying my best. If this is the first episode you're listening to, listen to another one. Which one should we tell them to listen to? <laughs> um, I don't know. Where were we fun? The one with Kara was fun. That was fun. Listen to our Timothy Chalamet interview episode. Yeah. If you want a, I don't a different flavor of us. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> but maybe you're also in a somber mood and this was yeah nice and comforting to listen to yeah there you go <laughs> that could also be the case <laughs> do you have a favorite lyric from this song um what i don't know do you have a favorite lyric um i feel like i have a couple but i don't know i feel like it would have to be a tie but oh gosh i don't know i have too many <laughs> you asked the question i know okay i think i close my eyes and see a crowd of a thousand tears just because of yeah the creativity of that phrase mm-hmm. um but like emotionally the neither one of us wants to say we're sorry is my favorite mm-hmm. yeah i feel like i like and when the day meets the night Oof. show me the light is yeah. like that creativeness mm-hmm. but then i just love the i pray to god i didn't waste all my good years all my good years just because it's like Mm -hmm. powerful yeah there's like such a powerful simplicity of this song yeah well we'd love to hear what you guys think of this episode and of this song um if you have any thoughts after listening to our somber analysis (laughs) definitely let us know (laughs) um do you have a recommendation caitlin yeah my recommendation is not that i've listened yet (laughs) But I'm going to recommend it anyway because I know Sarah and Johanna are awesome. And they started a new podcast called The Book Arazi. And it's a weekly book club and it looks amazing. And there's two episodes out already. One's called Woman President. So that's the book they read for that episode. And the second one is The Handmaid's Tale. And obviously everyone knows that from it being the, what was it, Hulu or HBO or something Mm -hmm. series. That was on and I think another season's coming. I didn't watch it because I was like, oh, maybe I'll read the books first. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to read that book and listen to their podcast. I mean, Sarah and Johanna have been on our podcast before. I've known them for years. They're amazing. Um, So definitely go check out The Book Arazi, a weekly book club, and follow them on Twitter and subscribe to their podcast and send them some love because it's their new podcast and they're awesome. I'm excited to listen to that. Um, my recommendation is I have two, so I have to second Martha's recommendation recommendation from last episode. She recommended a book called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and I listened to it between then and now in a couple days, and oh my god, I loved it so much. That book broke me. <laughs> I was literally <laughs> sobbing for the last four hours of this book. That makes me go, okay, I definitely don't want to be sobbing, so I'm not going to read that one. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And I can't say anything about why I why it touched me so much cuz like all spoilers. Um, but I would highly recommend it. Um, it's a good one. And then I have another recommendation which is to follow Jamila Jamil on Instagram. Her Instagram is Jamila J A M E E L A Jamil j-a-m-i-l official and she stars in the good place her character is tahani um but in her non-acting life she's just like a like kick-ass like activist always doing amazing things always posting amazing things like tirelessly fighting the good fight Mm -hmm. do you follow her 
Yeah. Okay. I'm like obsessed with her. She's just amazing. And I'm calling out people all the time for doing those dumb like tummy tea things and whatever the hell. Yeah. She has like a campaign called I Way um, just about body positivity and just like bringing attention to like all of the like awful like capitalism that um, goes on. And she's just really cool. And I'm just very I'm I'm endlessly amazed by her and like her Mm -hmm. energy and her ability to just keep going. Um, and not get discouraged yeah. and be so smart and like like you see her talking and she's just like so clever and smart and she's amazing yeah so and go watch the good place while yes you're at that it. too <laughs> <laughs> we would love to hear what you thought about the show and your opinions on anything we discussed today so please feel free to send us news stories or anything one direction related you would like to hear us talk about on future episodes thank you for listening to episode 164 of talk direction you can find us on twitter at talk underscore direction email us at talkdirection at gmail.com look us up on tumblr at talkdirection.tumblr.com find us on instagram at just talk direction and you can follow us individually i'm on instagram and twitter at lucia o l u c c i a o h and caitlin where can they find you i am on twitter and instagram at c-a-i-t-l-i-n-i-r foster or caitlin i-r foster i did that backwards (laughs) i never do it that way i wasn't really paying attention damn it you can't go off script this is what happens not you i mean not you i mean like me like you as in me okay (laughs) um i also wanted to mention if you're like if you ever like listen to this podcast and you are like wow I want to talk about One Direction, but I don't have any friends who talk want to talk about One Direction. Like, we have such a cool Twitter little community, and really everyone who interacts with us is so friendly and nice. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to, like, have One Direction friends, like, literally just go to our Twitter and, like, interact with us, and we will interact with you, and other yeah. people will too. We're all very friendly and approachable. Um, you can tweet me if you just have like random thoughts you want to say. I mean, I feel like we all are in that circumstance. Yeah. I don't really have any friends in my real life that like One Direction. Obviously, Kara used to, right. um, but she's not a huge fan anymore. So it's like this it, This is the coming together of people who don't really have anyone else to talk to. Yeah. And so we do the podcast and we talk on Twitter and we're just like... We're also, I think sometimes in the fandom, there's a lot of negativity. Yes. And so it can be scary to talk to certain people or like you don't know how people are going to react. But the community that we have over on Talk Direction on Twitter, everyone seems to be really nice mm-hmm. and kind. And when I say, oh, my friends like Johanna and Sarah or we mentioned Martha and stuff, those are all people who met us through the podcast. Yeah. Um, and like we've become friends. Lucia, I'm literally I only the on this podcast because I stalked you. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not because, like, somehow, like, I knew these people or whatever. No, it was all people. And, like, you might feel weird at first, like, sending your first whatever. But people new join the, like, Twitter all the time. Yeah. And then you keep sending tweets and we keep getting to know you. And and people respond. And it's just, like, a happy place. Yeah. So I wanted to mention that. Um, That was a good, good mention. Yeah. <laughs> we also have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash talk direction. And today we're going to be chatting about the Satisfaction music video. Um, So you can go ahead and sign up for our Patreon if you want some extra content, if you want to join our fanfic book club. Um, You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, leave us a review to help more people discover the show, and you can also listen on SoundCloud and anywhere really that you listen to podcasts. I'm Lucia. 
I'm Caitlin. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 165. Bye. Bye. I'd rather be anywhere, anywhere but here. I'd rather be anywhere, anywhere but here. I close my eyes and see a crowd of a thousand tears. I pray to God. Oh my goodness.